and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Malachi chapter 2, beware of pastors and priests who know better yet disobey God. Church leaders, priests, and pastors should teach God's word from the Bible without watering it down or twisting it. Additionally, they need to live it. In this next chapter of Malachi, God calls out the priests for misleading the people. He also gives us lay folks a list of qualities that we should look for in a pastor or priest. Let's dig in. Malachi 2, a warning to the priests. Listen, you priests, this command is for you. Listen to me and make up your minds to honor my name, says the Lord of heaven's armies, or I will bring a terrible curse against you. I will curse even the blessings you receive. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you have not taken my warning to heart. I will punish your descendants and splatter your faces with the manure from your festival sacrifices, and I will throw you on the manure pile. Then at last you will know it was I who sent you this warning so that my covenant with the Levites can continue, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace, and that is what I gave them. This required reverence from them, and they greatly revered me and stood in awe of my name. They passed on to the people the truth of the instructions they received from me. They did not lie or cheat. They walked with me, living good and righteous lives, and they turned many lives of, from, and they, I'm sorry, and they turned many from lives of sin. That's what they're supposed to do. The words of a priest's lips should preserve knowledge of God, and people should go to him for instruction. For the priest is the messenger of the Lord of heaven's armies. But you priests have left God's path. Your instructions have caused many to stumble into sin. You have corrupted the covenant I made with the Levites, said the Lord of heaven's armies. So I have made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all the people. For you have not obeyed me, but have shown favoritism in the way you carry out my instructions. A call to faithfulness. And, and we are, verse 10, are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all created by the same God? Then why do we betray each other, violating the covenant of our ancestors? 
Judah has been unfaithful and a detestable thing has been done in Israel and in Jerusalem. The men of Judah have defiled the law's beloved sanctuary by marrying women who worship idols. May the Lord cut off from the nation of Israel every last man who has done this and yet brings an offering to the Lord of heaven's armies. Here is another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping and groaning because he pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why, because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young, but you have been unfaithful to her, though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? You have wearied him by saying that all who do evil are good in the Lord's sight. And he is pleased with them. You have wearied him by saying, where is the God of justice? And that's the end of Malachi 2. And we'll uncover God's next reply tomorrow. We'll finish the chapter. We'll finish the book, I should say. Qualities of good pastors, ministers, and priests. Undoubtedly, these are tough to pinpoint if you don't know what to look for. Remember in yesterday's passage that the people were not bringing the proper sacrifices to the temple? Well, who told the people it was okay to sacrifice blemished or sick animals? Of course, it was the bad priests. Priests who knew better. Maybe they were paid off. We don't know the details. In any rate, these are qualities of a good, true pastor. He fears the Lord. That means respecting and standing in awe of God and his power. He speaks the truth, sticking to what is biblical without watering it down or twisting it to mean something totally different. You won't hear, oh, that's not what it really means. He walks with God. He lives a life of integrity. He practices what he preaches and makes a good role model for his parishioners. Definitely not like the Catholic priests with these horrendous secrets. Oh, you've got to, if you want to dig deeper on this, I've done articles on the history of the church and where they went wrong. Um, in fact, that's, um, uh, yeah. So you can click on my blog and just uh, look for the links um, uh, in, the, in the blog. <clears throat> he teaches and preaches from the Bible, the word of God, without skipping over the hard parts. We can read the Bible, but a good preacher helps it speak to us so we understand and can obey it. Even way before the Reformation, the church failed to educate the people with the truth. And you can click on, again, click on my blog. I did a, an article on that. So it actually explains why masses were in Latin, why the Bible was in Latin, and um, you'd be surprised. And in his commentary on Malachi, Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote, this is a passage against those who hold the spoken word in contempt. The lips are the public reservoir of the church. Unless the word is preached publicly, it slips away. 
the more it is preached, the more firmly it is retained. Reading it is not as profitable as hearing it, for the live voice teaches, exhorts, defends, and resists the power of error. Satan does not care a hoot for the written word of God, but he flees at the speaking of the word. This penetrates hearts and leads back to the back. Sorry. This penetrates hearts and leads back those who stray. Preaching is a channel through which the Holy Spirit is given. Again, that's a quote from Martin Luther. Now, I highly recommend the free YouVersion Bible app. And several of the Bible versions have an audio feature, so you can listen to the word as you read it. My personal favorite is the NLT, the New Living Translation. There are also a lot of solid biblical Christian podcasts, and I will soon have a list of them on my website. This new website is going to be a resource of resources. So, um, uh, so it's it's still a work in progress. <laughs> We're still trying to find pictures that are lost. Um, all the links should be working correctly, but still old links that are out there with um, might not work. So we're still trying to fix that. Hopefully we'll have it all fixed in the next couple of days. Um, continuing, Pastor Sandy Adams comments. There's power in public preaching. The true minister is faithful to preach the word in season and out of season. In other words, when it's convenient and inconvenient, when it's popular and unpopular, when it's received and when it's rejected. The minister is not merely a speaker, he's God's messenger. The faithful pastor fears the Lord, speaks the truth, walks with God and teaches God's law. Let's pray for more men to take up this mantle. The priests of Malachi's day doctored the message. They wanted to be more popular than biblical. Gee, that sounds like today. They catered to itching ears and told folks what they wanted to hear, not necessarily what they needed to hear. And since they had deceived publicly, they were rebuked publicly. To prove to the people the error of their teaching, God will bring on them a public disgrace. That's from Pastor Sandy Adams. Now, when you have the Holy Spirit in your heart, he helps you discern and recognize when a supposedly biblical message is watered down or twisted. Do you have the Holy Spirit? That is a gift you get when you become a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. It's just one of the many benefits. God hates divorce. One of the reasons I never married has to do with witnessing the divorces of many friends and relatives. They, being Catholic, married young just so they could sleep with their spouse. See, sex outside of marriage or fornication is against God's rules. However, so is divorce. It seems like the stigma of divorce was somehow removed. People were marrying and saying, hey, if it doesn't work, we'll just get divorced. I remember a good-looking friend of my cousin's had four ex-wives, and he wanted to go out with me. But when I found out, I said, sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to be number five. Understand, too, that at that time, I was living the life of a prodigal. I was not yet born again, neither were any of the people I hung out with. The message here is that God loves a good marriage between one man and one woman. Pastor Sandy Adams explains, God created marriage. Marriage was God's idea. 
after everything that God created, he pronounced that it was good. God said, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Malachi is clear. Marriage is not the innovation of man. God created it and loves it. He considers it a holy, sacred, special institution, and so should we. Yet the people of Malachi's day defiled the institution of marriage. They marred God's sacred institution in at least two ways. First, they married unbelievers, and second, they engaged in unbiblical divorce. God didn't want a believer to marry an unbeliever. He knew the power of marriage, the incredible bond that develops when a man and a woman unite their hearts as one. After you're married, the word together means more than ever before. When you're married, you're together for better or worse. Spouses rub off on each other. And in the case of marrying an unbeliever, God knew it would be a small jump from them climbing into bed and then bowing before an idol together. In Haggai 3, the prophet is asked two questions. First, if one carries holy meat, does does what it touched become holy? And the answer was no. Holiness is not communicable. You can't catch it or pass it on to someone else without them willingly receiving it. The second question was, if one who is unclean touches anything, will it become unclean? And the answer was yes. Holiness isn't communicable, but wickedness is. If you run with the wrong crowd, with wicked people, their wickedness will rub off on you. And so it is in marriage. If you marry an unbeliever, there's a far greater chance for you to get dragged down to their level than for you to elevate them to yours. At least your walk with the Lord will be hindered. You'll not just go it alone. It'll be like walking with an anvil tied to your leg. Rather than coming home for encouragement, your home will become a battleground. And that's an end quote from Pastor Sandy Adams. Now, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, all of a sudden I found a lot of things offensive. Everything from secular music, TV shows, movies, ads, as well as going to bars and drinking. I accepted his holiness. I prefer to hang out with believers and try to talk with unbelievers to guide them to the truth. If you'd like to dig deeper into this, watch all of Pastor Sandy Adams' message in the video that's embedded in my blog. And the link to my blog is in the show notes. Blaspheming God's truth. Malachi finishes the chapter with, in chapter uh, verse 17, you have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied them, you ask? You have wearied him by saying that all who do evil are good in the Lord's sight, and he is pleased with them. You have wearied him by asking, where is the God of justice? And that's how he ends it. Now, the answer is going to be in chapters three and four, which we'll get to tomorrow. But that seems to be describing today's world. All, um, all who do evil are good in the Lord's sight, and he is pleased with them? Uh-uh. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And Paul warned us in 2 Timothy 3, um, starting at the top, verse 1, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing of God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. 
They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Uh, in the New King James Version, in the first line, it says perilous times, which is stronger than very difficult. The dictionary defines perilous as full of danger or risk and exposed to imminent risk or disaster or ruin. Now that sounds more like today's world. The problem is that pastors are not teaching the truth of God's word and it's sad. Unfortunately, there will be many pastors left behind at the rapture. They claim to know who Jesus is. They call themselves Christians, yet they don't know Jesus in their hearts. Do you know Jesus? Well, you know, he wants to know you. And he told us in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Isn't it time you let him in? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and comfort and hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to know Jesus. It's in the top right-hand corner. And at the bottom of today's blog, I also embedded a song that sings the truth, God So Loved the World. And you can check out my Left Behind After the Rapture series. It's a series of fictional scenarios on what minutes, hours, days, and months may be like for different groups of people who are left behind. Will you be left behind? Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem. So I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please let me know if it helped you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat with my father on his throne. 
Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.